Welcome to the In God She Trust podcast with your host, Kitra Cooper. And I have my favorite person in the world um, here with me again, my bestie, Jess Lena. She was on a couple episodes ago. So hi, doll. Hi, love. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here again. Of course. It's always an honor and a pleasure. I'm so excited. I know. So I was gone last week, and this is going to be like a late release. Um, so yeah, I was gone last week. I was in Washington. So <laughs> I knew you were going to make some Super sort of thing. You're cheesing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, had a great vacation, had a great time. Travel was a nightmare and a half, but, you know, I made it and it was fine. Everything was great. Um, <laughs> it is fine. <laughs> it is fine. I'm just like, you know, um, lately my life has been like, you know, Ross from that one episode where he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know why it's coming out all high and squeaky, but really, I'm fine. <laughs> and so like last night when I was talking to Caleb, I kept saying, I'm fine. And he's like, are you? And then I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But anyways, uh, you know, but everything is good. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be uh, released on Good Friday. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we were, you know, praying over this episode before we started, and we had like an idea of where we were going to go or whatever, and then <clears throat> the Lord like dropped a, ver- a, a passage of scripture into Jesselina's head, and uh, she was like, let me look for it, and she hadn't even told me what it is. I said, it's, math- it's somewhere in Matthew 7, and she's like, yep, and then we looked, and then I both went, oh no, it's this one, isn't it? <laughs> and she's like... <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's what the Lord told me too. So. Right, they're arguing with the Holy Spirit. Are you sure? Like, are you sure it's gonna? It's kind of an interesting passage, but anyways, I hope everyone who's listening has had a great week, and thank you for listening. And um, you know, shout out to everyone who's a who's a, a faithful follower, faithful follower, yeah, <laughs> faithful listener. You know. Thank you for, for being with us. You know, lots of fun. So um, I've really felt like the last couple of weeks that the Lord has been like, hey, um, you need to talk about um, this certain thing. And what, what it is is, um, you know, it's going to be Good Friday when we, when, when we release this. And uh, then Sunday is Easter. And it's all about, you know, the, the amazing salvation that Christ gave us from dying on the cross for us and like the amazing and beautiful gift that we have through his death and through his salvation it's absolutely beautiful but (laughs) and there is a but what about the people who are struggling with family members who do not have a family member who is saved and or um especially mothers with long lost children specifically like, I just feel that there is, like, hearts out there that are just, like, bleeding for their children to find Christ or a family member to find Christ. What? Yo, so the Lord also put in my heart, like, Luke 15, right? Mm-hmm. And I literally just opened that. Like, you saw me just... Yeah, the parable oh. of the lost sheep. So tripping. Yeah. And so I just really feel like um, there's some people out there who 
they just need encouragement. I mean, because yes, Christ's salvation is absolutely gorgeous and, and it's unthinkable what he did for us, but it's also unthinkable of what will happen to the people who don't accept that. And it's like, like the grief that comes with the possibility of a loved one, um, going to hell. Yeah. And like, you know, that probably sounds harsh, but it's like, you know, if you do not accept Christ, if you reject Christ, like that's, that's their future. You know, it's like, we do have a choice either to accept him or to not, you know, we, we, we have a free choice. We have a free will and you know, it's hard. You know, I have people in my life who have gone astray and it's terrifying because it's like, you know, what, what if they were to die today? Like, you know, it's, and so when, when people who are not saved, when they die, it's like, there's just like even more grief because of the possibility that you could never see them again. And like, obviously the Lord is merciful and he sees the heart, but there are just some people who will just flat out reject him. And so I just really felt like the Lord wants me to talk about that and give some encouragement and maybe like point some people into some direction. And then honestly, just to have some space for, um, for lamenting that. Right. It says here in Matthew seven, 23, then I will announce to them, I never knew you depart from me, you lawmakers. But if we go above that, it says that People are going to say, oh, well, I delivered in your name. I cast Mm. out demons in your name. I did miracles and, you know, brought people to salvation. But what happened? You went astray. Yeah. You know, and that's what, I don't know about you, but I've been seeing a lot of people just leaving the church because they want to sit there and act like they want to be politically correct. Yeah. They want to accept everybody. And like, that's not how it works use the term like the hippie Jesus. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Jesus loved mm-hmm. so much that he gave his only life. Cause it's, if we go to Luke, it says like, take this cup from me. Yeah. Cause Jesus knew he was about to endure. Yeah. And he, he knew he, he, he didn't want it. He didn't, but he did the will of the father before anything exactly. else. Yeah. And I'm getting chills right now. It's mm-hmm. so weird. Um, faith, is such a beautiful thing, but we need to remember that we need to go back to the source. We need to remember our first love. Yeah. And I'm going to say something that I know people are going to disagree with me on, but this is something that, (laughs) whacking the microphone (laughs) over here, Um, but this is something that I feel that the Lord has been opening my eyes to. And it is something that the American church hates the idea of and something that people are going to call it heresy. Ooh, say that again. The American church is not going to like it because it pushes back against their comfortability. And people will say it's heresy. It's true. We've gotten so comfortable. Mm -hmm. We literally only go to, like, do we realize that the Bible is illegal? In certain countries now. In 55 countries. Yep. It's illegal. It's illegal yep. to have one. Yep. It's illegal to know it. You can't purchase it in certain countries. You like that. You just cannot get your hands on it. So, <sighs> I'm sweating. I know. I know what I have to say. I do not think it is once saved, always saved. High five, man! Hallelujah. The Lord has been showing me it is not once saved, always saved, and it is not because He takes salvation away from us. He will never walk away from us, but we can walk away from Him. 
we have to be in a state of continuous repentance. Yeah. And it's not saying like, oh my gosh, like, you know, sinners, heathens, no. Yeah, constantly putting yourself down like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm blah, blah, blah. you know. It's like accepting the fact that we can walk away. Yeah. He will never walk away from us. He will never take his salvation away from us, but we can't walk away. We run away from him. Yeah. We literally run away from him. Yeah. And that's so sad. How many times did Israel walk away? How many times did Israel in the Old Testament have to be disciplined and, you know, and how many, like, how many times? I mean, I'm reading through the book of Judges. And, like, if you thought, like, going through Egypt and, like, the whole thing with Abraham and Moses and everything was bad, just go through the book of Judges. It's like, it literally says after every single judge, when this judge lived, they lived for 40 years and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then when there was no judge, it went, oh, they went back to their adulterous ways and they started worshiping Baal and all of that stuff. And it, you know, it, <clears throat> people don't like the idea of how it's a, you know, when I, that's why people are going to say it's, I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, let me know, Con- like text me, email me, whatever. Let me know why I'm wrong. But I've just really felt like the Lord has been like, this is the biggest trap for, for people because it's the easiest way to allow them to, to, to live like the world but still have a mushy gushy feeling about Christ. And it's like, that's not how it works in my opinion. Once again, this is my opinion and this is what I feel the Lord has impressed upon my heart. And I've been reading a lot of John Bevere and I, I've been reading, I I got done reading driven by eternity. And that is probably one of the best books I have ever read in my entire life life. And it really talks about this. And, and he does not have a chapter on there saying, oh, it's not once saved, always saved. It's not in there. But as I was reading it, I was like, it's not once saved, always saved. No, because we have to continuously walk with Jesus. Now, Jesus is going to always be on that path, but we have the choice to turn around and walk away. He's still always going to be there. Right. But how often do we actually walk away? We get distracted. Yep. We get temptations. Mm-hmm. We get... Selfish. Yeah. We get our own motives. We get, you know, we want a title. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have you seen churches literally go down because of money loan, money problems? Or, or the or pastor sleeps with them. Or like, let's be honest or here. The pa- or, you know, people, not just pastors, but people in leadership get way too big of ego and they forget who they serve, so they start serving way. themselves. Exactly. I was just literally speaking about this with my husband this morning about that because he kind of, his discernment is on point. Let's be honest here. And he was like, Facts. Hey, I don't Facts. think that you should be listening to this person anymore. Mm. And come, come on, man of God. I know. Protect your wife. I was like, but why? Like, you don't, I got a little fleshy. I mean, you are Latina. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare tell me what to do <laughs> i'll tell girl. you what to do <laughs> <laughs> however the holy spirit legitimately like was uh, uh, uh. Uh-huh. i gave you this man because you not only prayed for a man like this but this man will never lead you into something that 
will hurt you in the end. Mm-hmm. So I have scripture to back up my claim. Uh, check so. Because you have to have scripture. Sounds good. So Ezekiel. <laughs> Where I'm going there. Ezekiel 3. It's talking about um, giving, you know, Ezekiel instruction. So it says Ezekiel 3, starting in 17. When you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked person, you will surely die, but you do not warn him. You don't speak out to warn him about his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person will die from his iniquity. That's, a, that's just called it. That, that's a sinner. That's just a, a regular, regular person who is not in Christ. Do you mind repeating that again, please? Sure. Um, and this is also the assignment that the Lord personally gave me. This is what he spoke to me on October 18th of 2022 when I was starting this podcast by myself. It says, when you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If you say to the wicked person, you will surely die, but you do not warn him. You don't speak out to warn him about his wicked way. In order to save his life, that wicked person will surely die from his iniquity. Yet, I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warn a wicked person and he does not turn from his, his wickedness or his wicked way, he will die for his iniquity, but you will have rescued yourself. So that's, I mean, that's heavy right in, in and of itself because he's literally telling Ezekiel, who was, who was a prophet, like, I'm going to give you stuff to say to save this person's life. And if you don't say it, either out of fear of man or because you're lazy or you're distracted or yada, yada, like you're going to be held responsible for that person's blood. However, if you do tell that person, Hey, you're going to, you're going to die from this. Cause it says to save his life, you're going to die from this. And if he doesn't, you know, if that, if that person just says, I, I don't care, I'm still going to do it. He's still going to die from his iniquity, but then Ezekiel was going to save himself from the wrath of God. Right. I mean, how many times does the Bible say that to us? You know, we have to go and proclaim his Mm -hmm. word. We have to go to the highways and the byways. You know, he it says in every um, gospel, go out there and make disciples of men. You know, and it's not just like, oh, yeah, go kick it with your own homies. No. Jesus is literally telling us instructions. Go out there. And he's calling us to make disciples, not believers. Exactly. Disciples is a follower or a, or a student of, or a mirror image of, right? And so, um, you know, it, it, there's a scripture that says, you know, belief is just not enough because even by that principle, even the demons should go to heaven because even the demons believe in Jesus. But what is the difference between the demons and those who are saved and going to heaven. It's because we follow our Lord. And it says, those who love me will follow my commands. And so once again, it's a heart posture of where your heart is. Now, I've also heard a lot of people like, oh, well, no, I don't go to church. No, I don't pray. But the Lord knows my heart. Okay, let's, let, let, let's, let's dissect that super quick here. Okay. Yes, we're all children. Absolutely. Yes, we were all created for a plan and a purpose. Absolutely. Yes, we were all, you know, we all have a calling here, right? However, when I was out there, mm-hmm. no one knows my testimony, but like, you know, our church. Mm-hmm. But I was a hardcore drug dealer. Yeah. From four, 14, 14 yeah. to 
you know, 17, right before I swore in. Mm-hmm. To the Marine Corps. I know, but hey. <laughs> Hoorah. <laughs> but my greatest thing was always, well, the Lord knows my heart. Mm-hmm. How many times did I almost get caught? And I know for a fact that was somebody praying for me that I didn't get caught. Yep. You know, and even though the Lord knew my heart for being a better person, mm-hmm. still making my decisions that I was making is really sad when someone says, well, the Lord knows my heart. You know, we can't just sit on that laurel because that's what exactly what it is. We're being lazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Lord knows my heart. So in Hebrews, it says, we shall not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to go to church and not in just the church you grew up in or et cetera. Go to a church where you're getting fed. Absolutely. Go to a church that's going to correct you in love. Mm-hmm. Go to a church that's going to not only edify you, but it's going to literally tell you like, hey, mm-hmm. this is not what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying go to like a hellfire and brimstone. I'm not saying go to a hellfire church, but go mm-hmm. to a church where you're getting fed. Yeah. Where that faith is ignited. Because if we don't see the times, everything is getting worse and worse. These are the labor pains. It's about to get worse. What's that one TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. Oh, it got worse. It got that. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't you stand know. you. So, right well, and then it continues on in Ezekiel 3. It says, now if a righteous person, talking about somebody who walks with God, because back then that's what they were called, is they were called righteous people. Like right. Joe was righteous before God, which means in right standing with God. It says, if a righteous person, turns from his righteousness and acts unjustly and I put a stumbling block in front of him he will die this is talking about spiritual death not physical death this is spiritual death so he's talking about a righteous person who was right before God who walked with God it says if you if you did not warn him he will die because of his sin once again that is spiritual death and the righteous acts he did will not be remembered. This is Ezekiel 3. And then it says, yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warned the righteous person that he should not sin and he does not sin, he will indeed live because he listened to your warning and you will have rescued yourself. It's like it says in Proverbs, you know, correction is within love. Absolutely. And it's all over the Bible. All of Hebrews 11. When I was living my old life, God was trying to get a hold of me multiple times. I honestly believe, and this is just me, and this is my personal testimony because mm-hmm. I was living like a heathen for <laughs> 10 years. I was, I have a past, okay? I, I honestly could not tell you that I would go to heaven if I died during that time because I had, I was still in the pews on Sunday, but I was living like every other person in this world who did not believe in Christ. You were living it up. I was living it up. I was drinking. I was partying. I was doing things I should not have been doing. And honestly, it was because of God that I am saved. So another, I have to, another thing in Ezekiel, because it's a big thing. 
because I have to make this point. And then I'm going to do New Testament because there are some people that are like, oh, that's the Old Testament. And we can't do that. It's ridiculous. Okay. I don't know why that voice just <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, let's be honest here. One, some of the best scriptures of our life is in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament should be something that we attest our lives to. You know, we should have a conviction for going out there and like partying it up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's 1999, even yeah. though we were kids back in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we shouldn't be going out there and doing the things Kiki's doing her little. Okay. Uh-huh. Once again, because I like being right. And once again, I could be wrong. So please <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. But once again, in Ezekiel 18. 24 it says but when a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts unjustly committing the same detestable acts that the wicked do will he live none of the righteous acts he did will be remembered he will die because of the treachery he has engaged in and the sin he has committed but you say the lord's way isn't fair now listen, house of Israel, is it my that way, my way that is unfair? Instead, isn't it your ways that are unfair? When a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts unjustly, he will die because of this. He will die because of the injustice he has committed. But If the wicked person turns from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he will preserve his life. He will certainly live because he thought it over and turned from all the transgressions he had committed. He will not die. So he's saying, like, if you turn to wickedness and then you turn back to righteousness, I'm going to save you. I'm going to, you know, but what, what does it say? It's not just saying I'm sorry. It says he turns, he changes his mind and turns from the wickedness that he had committed. That's repentance. Repentance means not just saying I'm sorry. It means turning away from that lifestyle and walking away from it and in towards righteousness with God. Exactly. What did he tell the woman from adultery? Turn away and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like where, where it talks about in Matthew, um, where Jesus says, like, if you do not forgive, the Lord will not forgive you. Exactly. Like how many of us really true have unforgiveness in our heart? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it says multiple times in, in all the gospels, in the whole Bible, mm-hmm. the whole word, yep. it says, you know, forgive, repent. Yeah. And it's not saying repent is a really beautiful word for I'm sorry. And what is an apology? An apology, I'm sorry, is changed behavior. Absolutely. I don't know why that just came to me. <laughs> it, no, it is. It's changed behavior because the thing is, is you can say I'm sorry so many times, but if you just keep doing the same thing, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to believe you. Until I see it, I'm not going to believe you. Well. And I'm, I'm passionate about this because this would have killed me if I died during those 10 years. Exactly. I would, a spiritual death. I mean, obviously I would have physically died, but you know, spiritually. And so that's why like, I make people mad when I say, I don't believe it's a once saved, always saved situation. You will always have the grace of God. You will always have his, his love and his forgiveness. That doesn't change, but we do. Exactly. We always will have his mercy because his mercies are new every morning. Mm, amen. You know, but if we keep going the way that we want to go in our wicked ways. Mm. So funny. I was actually speaking about this today. Somebody made a comment about me listening to Hillsong or Bethel or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, 
they have to answer not to me to god to exactly amen girl they have to answer to god because mm-hmm. they know what they're doing if we actually separate the person from the song songs are beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah you can find them in a different version and a different artist sings it but let's be honest they will not answer to any human mm-hmm. we need to stop putting people on pedestals that they don't belong in mm-hmm. how many times does the word say to israel turn back come back come back hosea mm-hmm. hosea is the best book of all time it's one of my favorites it's a good one lamentations mm-hmm. and if you haven't read lamentations good luck <laughs> it's gonna hurt a little bit mm-hmm. how many times yep. isaiah He's always telling Israel, oh, Israel, come back. Yep. I don't want to judge you. I don't want to do these things to you, but I will. Mm-hmm. And Israel is literally the human. It's man. It's absolutely. Out- we are Israel. Yep. And it, it shows that God is always going to f- come after us. Always. It's not like, oh, if we turn ar- away or if we fall away, that he's just going to be like, oh, well, sucks. Darn it. He's going to constantly come after us. How many times did he give Israel chance after chance? And he received them back with open arms. So it is never going to be him turning his back on you. It is always going to be you turning your back on him. Not only that, but, but he will yeah. accept you back. That That's one song thing. like um, Reckless Love Comes to My Heart. I love that song. You know, we left him. Mm-hmm. yet his love is so reckless and it's not reckless in a bad way no. it's reckless that it's inconceivable how much he loves us that we cannot wrap our minds around it i love how she speaks everything i'm thinking i'm so sorry i'm interrupting <laughs> no, you so no, bad right you're now. good you're good but let's just be honest here what other human being do you know would sacrifice themselves for you do you know any of it off the top of your head no i don't either we have great parents we have great, you know, you have a boyfriend, I have a husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're great. But them dying for us would not void out, mark off, scratch out, and pay the sins that we have committed. No. At all. No. Salvation is such a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. It's, such an, it's such a gift that when you actually think about what it is, he is saving you from yourself. Mm-hmm. So Galatians 5, 4 says, you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. That's in Galatians. That's in the New Testament. Ouch. You have become estranged from Christ. Let's go to Revelations. Mm-hmm. And Galatians was written to Christians. I know. What does it say right here in, in Revelations 2? Revelation 2, 4. You have abandoned your first love. Abandon your first, which in the first love is Jesus. First love is Christ. You abandon it. Mm-hmm. You, we abandoned Jesus when... We chose sin when we chose to go out there and party, when we chose to go out there and use that drug or that man or that woman. If you know, you're a man listening to this podcast, we Mm -hmm. chose to abandon our first love. 
And a lot of people ask, like, why are we so on fire for Jesus? Why are we so like, you know, hey, this is how it has to be. Um, you do not, people you do not realize what we had gone through and what we got delivered from, what we got rescued from, what we literally, we were on the chopping block of spiritual death. Dude, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> He saved me from wanting to kill myself. He saved me from not just myself, but he saved me from so many abusive relationships. He saved me from like a life that I could have never gotten myself out of. Like I was begging him to kill me. Yep. I remember. <laughs> My brother Ezekiel had passed. Mm. He gave his life self selflessly for this country. Mm. And um You're good. I wanted to die. Mm. Because I've never lost a brother. I didn't know what that felt like. And I went and I picked up I picked up narcotics. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor lady was like, I pray that, that you can hit any vein that you can and it oh, will geez. never hit. Oh, I got so mad because I hit everything. I hit the middle of my forehead, my neck, my in between my fingers, my toes, everything you can think of. Nothing hit. And I begged God, if you love me, you'll take me. Mm, I prayed that same thing. If you love me, you will take me. And he said, I love you, so I won't. Exactly. Because here's the thing, you know, I mean, <laughs> we've been told we're too much, <laughs> too loud and too on fire for God. I'm sorry. I'd rather be on fire for God than be on fire in hell. Oh, that was really, <laughs> sorry, that came out way too fast, but I would rather be on fire for God in this life than be on fire in hell forever. Can you say that again for the people in the back? <laughs> Really slow. Do you want me to do it really close to the microphone? Yeah, kind of like how I'm doing. <laughs> I would, I would rather be on fire for God <laughs> than be on fire in hell forever. Because He saved me from everything, everything. And you know, once again, James five nineteen says, "My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth, which is Christ." Because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, my brother and sisters, if any of you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the air of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. When he says, my brothers and sisters, he's talking to Christians. And it says, any person strays from the truth, strays from God, strays from Christ Jesus, and you bring him back, you saved his soul. Exactly. So if, if it was a once saved, always saved situation... It would have been like, yeah, you can let them walk away. They're going to be fine. But that's not it. It's not. And, I, and I'm not trying to scare people, and I'm not trying to make this works-based because it is about the heart, and your heart and motivation has to be right because if you just want to do go to church and do all these law things, it also says that that's not going to save you either. You have to have belief mm-hmm. and love for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, I mean, we, we have that testimony where we – we're like that. I mean, I think we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be surprised at who's there. Oh, yeah. And surprised at who was not. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I've always asked myself, like, oh, man, I wonder who's going to be in heaven. Because I, I have so many questions for all the disciples. Like, Peter, for real, man. Like, you were one of his closest homeboys, and you're going to sit there and say that, like, you had no faith. I, <sighs> I just, and the, I'm going to say something else that's going to make people mad. The devil is very good at his job. Oh, yeah. He is very good at his job. Because what? The easiest way to get people from coming to Christ is to take the ones who are in Christ out of Christ. We're going to have to say that again. We're going to have to say that again. The easiest way for Satan to not get others to come to Christ is to pull others who are in Christ from Christ. I, I, I just have to say this. I feel like people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, they're like fire and brimstoning it right now to us. We're not. Here's the thing, though. It says in Revelation that in hell that the fire will never be quenched and the worm will never stop eating, which means your flesh will constantly burn off your body, but it'll always be there to constantly be burned. And the worm in hell will always have something to eat on. And it is eternal suffering damnation and so here's the thing we get so afraid and we it's like oh it's just hellfire and brimstone but here's the thing wouldn't would you i would be so pissed off and i'm sorry i'm getting very frustrated because the church has screwed people i'm sorry pissed is not a bad word to me and screwed is not a bad word to me it's not the church has screwed people for eternity because they were more concerned about not offending them and not scaring them than actually telling them the truth. Exactly. Everybody wants this cookie, like the sugar cookie version of Jesus. And I'm sorry, but if you truly do read your word, I'm about to get pissed here. <laughs> Girl, I feel you. You know, then you will see that Jesus wasn't sugar cooking anything. How many people got to judgment or, or, or you know, got to heaven or got to hell and, and screamed, or who got to hell and screamed, why did no one tell me the truth? If I would have known the truth, it might have been different. I always see on TikTok these little, like, people that want debates of, like, you know, purity culture is evil and I'm an ex-Christian and all these other things. But what saddens me is that 99% of the time, those people that are on those debates are literally kids that were shoved down their throat this fire and brimstone this hell or or, you know hell or damnation and it's like that's not how it is no but the thing is is like we just think oh well and we've made hell a joke Uh uh-huh in the in the american church and like it's just like oh you know like for example mormonism they don't believe that hell is real or they think they call it outer darkness and they don't believe that it's that you're gonna burn why would jesus literally say that there's fire where the fire is never quenched and the worm never stops eating if there isn't fire. They're like, oh, it's just going to be a really lonely place. Like, It's not. Somebody else who's lonely on earth is going to be like, well, I'm already practicing for that. What good is that going to do? So the thing is here is I'm not trying to be hellfire and brimstone, but I'm trying to make something very real to people that it is not just... It's not as easy as we want it to be, and it's not just like, oh, whatever. But here's the good news about it is that Jesus knew that's where we were all headed because even even in the Old Testament there's not a single 
a single animal that could have covered the sins because, you know, one animal, I, I believe, one sin sacrifice was good for like a year. Um, I would I, have to do my research on that. I'm not exactly sure. But the thing is, is eventually it ended. And they'd have to do it over and over and over again. So God sent his only son, who is fully God and fully man, down to earth to be tempted by the devil and to be tempted in all ways that we are tempted and to live in all ways that we have lived and to feel all the ways that we have felt. And he took every single black spot, sin, darkness, condemnation, shame, guilt, everything upon himself for you and for me to have that eternal life with God Mm. where we can not fear about where we go when we die, that we do not have to fear judgment and condemnation from the, from the God of the universe, because it does say in the Bible that he is also a God of wrath. And it's not because he's angry and egotistical. It's because he, he, I think he's just so, he, he gets angry because we turn from him and do our own ways, or he's angry at the lies that we believe that the devil tells us. And okay, but I mean, but he, and he gave us that way out. And so it's like, you don't have to fear hell. You don't have to fear that because Jesus paid it all. When he was on that cross, he saw you. Exactly. He saw your struggles. He saw your iniquities. He saw everything about you. And he loved you so much, even if it was just you. Just you. He saw his, fa- he saw his children that he created with his bare hands being a slave to sin. Mm. And... I cannot give you the address right now. I'm going to look it up, but it, but it says in the Bible that there is no, nothing worse. There is no slavery that is worse than being a slave to sin. And you know, America, we really like to keep bringing up slavery. That's a big thing. Yeah. It's disgusting. Slavery is slavery is disgusting, but Christ says in his word, second Peter two 19, that there is no There is no slavery that is worse than slavery to sin. And he wanted to free us from that slavery. He wanted to free us from those bonds. And whom the son sets free is free indeed. So yes, there is no slavery that is worse than slavery to sin, but it is only through Jesus where you are truly free. And I can personally attest to that because I was a slave to alcohol and drinking and partying and men and sex and all this stuff. I was a, I was a slave to all of that because the world said, just do what makes you happy. God will forgive you anyways. But I was still depressed. I was still in a dark place. I still hated life. And ever since I've truly given my life over to God and over to Christ, I am the freest I have ever been. And it is the most liberating and beautiful feeling I have ever felt. Nothing will ever come close to freedom in Christ ever. But here's the thing. He died for me. So I have to die for him. Exactly. And we, and I'm, we're not saying like, Oh, we have to be martyrs and physically die. No, no, no. Fleshy flesh. Like my, like I, you know, 
I still have fleshly desires. I'm human. <laughs> Don't give me that Sorry. word. But do I get to have sex before marriage? No. Do I want to? Yes. But do I also recognize his ways are better than mine? Mm-hmm. And there is a reason why he says don't have sex before a marriage because it hurts and it's painful and it gives you soul ties. And then if you break up with that person, it's going to rip your soul apart and it's going to hurt even more. And their insecurities become your insecurities when you have a soul tie with that person. And their demons become your demons when Keep you have going. a soul tie with that person. Keep and their weird mindsets are your weird mindsets when you have a soul tie from that person? I mean, I could just keep going with this because that is why he says don't do it because what 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 God is supposed to bring together, nothing is supposed to separate it. And it says that a man and a woman are supposed to become one flesh, not one flesh for a while and then two and then you rip apart. Sorry, that was a little long no. of a tangent. No, but that's I good have to though. kill that part in me. How about how about addictions? Mm-hmm. How about Everything that they carry, now guess what? You carry. It is scientific fact. Sorry, my nurse degree is coming out right now. Scientific fact that whatever is carried on from that DNA that gets released into us, Mm -hmm. it stays with us for seven years. Mm. If that ain't a generational curse, I don't know what is. Seven years. Seven. Mm-hmm. The Lord loves to work in numbers. Let's Absolutely. be honest here. Absolutely, he does. Um, I, have a, I have a verse. Yes, please. It's Hebrews 10, mm. 26. Mm. <laughs> For if we deliberately go on sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, mm. not the lie, the truth. Not the world. The truth. There are no longer remains of sacrifice of sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and fury of fire about to consume the adversaries. Oof. Woof. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And that's in, we're asking, like, you know, where are you at? Because Jesus will meet you right where you're at. Absolutely. And he'll never leave you there either. Exactly. He's not going to, like, just... No. Um, there's that one song, I met a man I did not know. Mm. <laughs> and now I, I forgot how it goes. I know which one you're talking about. I but. thank God. <laughs> I thank God. Yeah, I think that's from Elevation Worship or Maverick City, something like that. But, but it's true. And, you know, I've said it multiple times on this podcast, but um, I, have, I have a gift of visions. Mm-hmm. The Lord has given me a gift of visions. And it came... Um, and it has only grown after I got my gift of tongues. And so um, the Lord will show me things. And he showed me a vision of myself. Um, actually, no, this was before my gift of tongues. Excuse me. This was when I had just um, really given my life back to Christ, but I was still dealing with the depression and stuff. Um, and I was kind of on the fence of, you know, do I go with Christ? Do I go back to this relationship? Yada, yada. And um, he showed me a vision of myself, and I was in chains from head to toe, head to toe. And they were chained into a cement brick wall behind me and into the floor. I mean, they were everywhere. They were on my neck, around my wrists, around my arm. Like I literally see that right now. Yeah, you could not see my body. All you could see was chains around me. And it was either the lies that I believed the devil and what I allowed people to speak over me and the choices that I made for myself because, let's be real, not everything is the devil. Sometimes it's just us. And he showed me. He was in front of me, 
And this was just at a pivotal point where I was just like, do I leave this relationship or do I go with God or whatever? And I was terrified because those chains became comfortable because that's all I knew. And he, Christ had had his hand out opened and I'm just like, Lord, I can't, I can't take it. Do you see all these chains on me? Like, like I, I'm chained from head to toe. I can't move. And he just stood there with his hand open. And he just looked down like at me and then he looked back into my eyes and then I looked down and every single chain was unlocked. That's so beautiful. And he looked at me and then I looked down and with every chain that was unlocked, I was the one holding it on. I was literally like on the cuffs, you know, like holding them on to me. And he says, all you have to do is let go. And so that's what he wants to do for everybody. I and I let go. I don't know who this is for. I don't know why, but the Lord literally told me to read this right now. Okay. I don't know who this is for that's going to read, that's going to just listen to this podcast, but, ooh. Um, it's Isaiah 61.01. I'm ooh. reading out of the CSB version. Um, you can look up any version, but it's Isaiah 61.1. The spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor mm. he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty over captives and freedom to the prisoners mm. let's go to two to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of god's vengeance i don't know who this is for but understand that it's your time mm. i just keep hearing it is time <laughs> it is time you don't have any more time to waste and that, I think that's why people think we're so much because we know that there's no more time. Yeah. Yeah, there's no more time. There's no more time. There, There isn't, you know. And I'm not really trying to be fire and brimstone here, you guys, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, the silent little one that speaks whenever Keetri takes a breath. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, because, like, I feel like you're, peop- you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you didn't talk at all. And I'll be like, yeah, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want people to really understand, like, God is so good and he mm. loves you so much, so much. <laughs> like we were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. Do not worry about what you will wear, what you will eat mm-hmm. for if he feeds the birds, the sparrows, because I already know someone's going to be like, oh, that's not what it says. If he feeds the sparrows mm-hmm. <laughs> and if he clothes the lilies then what more can he do for you? Mm-hmm. How much more does he care about you? Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. But I want to go back to the, the the family members, not only mothers, but family members that are are hurting for their, their loved ones that are unsaved. Um, there's a parable. There's many parables about faith. Let's, you mm-hmm. know, the parent, Jairus, for his yeah. daughter. The woman with the issue of blood. Yep. The friends that lured down, that ripped off the roof. The centurion. Exactly. Yep. I mean, let's really think about how many times did faith play such a huge factor. Or where he literally said, your faith has healed you. Yeah. To the woman with the issue of blood, he literally said, your faith has healed you. Um, Mary Magdalene, your faith has healed you. Mm-hmm. So for those family members that are praying for 
their loved ones. Um, past, our pastor's wife, Pastor Nancy, um, she said it very well to me when we went out to lunch mm. with Pastor and my husband. Pray that there's a laborer, mm. that God will equip a laborer to go and speak yep. in the profession that they are in. And that's so beautiful because there's a, there's somebody at our church that wants me to meet their their child because they've gone through the same um, similar lifestyle and I was like, yeah sure, mm-hmm. and I made that video on TikTok and I yep. posted it. Yeah, boom, she's like, oh my gosh, like my my child needs to see this. I'm like, oh. <laughs> speak it out, girlfriend. You know, don't be afraid. And so, I just hope and pray that people really start to come to to know who he is and taste and see because there is honey in the rock oh yes there is so much honey in that rock and there's so much manna mm-hmm. so much manna and we want to sit there and act lazy we want to be sluggards mm-hmm. my my issue with specifically the american church and please hear me the american church does a lot of stuff right I really do. I believe um, that the the American church does do a lot of stuff right. Um, But one thing that we in the American church have gotten into a really bad habit of is um, we come in, we sit down, and we say, entertain me. We say, what can you do for me? Or my favorite, we can be there saying a good amen, hallelujah, praise God, well, that's right, pastor, you tell them. And then we turn around, yep. and we go do the same thing. Yep. Or my favorite is, I haven't seen it at this church, <laughs> at our church, but I would see it a lot um, at other Churches is like when couples would be fighting or people fighting in the parking lot, but no they want to, yeah, like it would be like, like, what are you doing? Stop it. That's ghetto. There's this one TikTok. <laughs> I love it. That it's like, um, nine, uh, you know, late nineties moms on their way to church singing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, <laughs> open the eye. And then she turns around. She's like, if you throw that again, <laughs> I will turn this car around. And I laughed so <laughs> darn hard because like, it's kind of true. And we're not saying like, you have to be perfect whatsoever. Like you're allowed to fight with your spouse or yet, you know, you, you might lose it on your kids. We, the church is for sick people. Exactly. The church okay. is a spiritual hospital. But we're not supposed to come into church saying, what can you do for me? Ugh. We're not supposed, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, like this church had a light show and this church doesn't have a light show and I want to be entertained. You ain't at a concert. My favorite worships have always been simple. Yeah. We don't, we're not there for a concert, my guy. You're there to get fed. You're there because you are spiritually dying. You're spiritually hurt. You've been hurt and you need Mm -hmm. something because you've tried everything else. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. We all end up in church because we tried everything else. We thought we can do it on our own. And what happens? Yeah. What happens? The best part of being in a church that is 
spirit filled, mm-hmm. has conviction, mm-hmm. won't lead you astray, yep. won't feed you something that is contradicting. Come on. And is going to tell you yep. the truth. The truth. It's going to preach the gospel. It's not going to get an excerpt from a scripture mm-hmm. and then you know, glorify it like other pastors are doing nowadays. Yep, it's not going to cherry pick. Exactly. This is not a, it, we're not called to be buffet Christian goers. Ooh. I'm going to say that one more time. Please Sorry, do. I'm getting a little bit of an attitude over here. Oh my goodness. Yeah, everyone's going to be like, why are they so angry? <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be passion. We, we have passion. We do. We have a lot of passion right now. <laughs> we are not called to be buffet Christian goers. And just, and just, and just eat all you can eat kind of stuff. I mean, you want to be hungry for the word. Like, I cannot get enough of God, but it, you're meaning it in a, in a place of like, um, you serve me, you serve me, you serve me, you serve me, 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 me. I mean, okay, let's go to, for he will never forsake us, which is in Hebrews. Absolutely. Or leave us, right? Yep. Let's read above that. Let's read below that. Mm-hmm. He's not going to leave us, but we also have to cling on to him yes. the way you clung on to your mom, your dad, your grandma, whoever raised you, and the way your children or your siblings cling on to you. Yep. Amen. It's when we read, um, it was in 2 Kings when Elisha was about to depart. Elisha, he didn't leave, mm-hmm. he literally clung on to him. Yep. Before he departed. Yep. Wherever homeboy went, and there he was. It was like, you know, Elijah had a little lamb. <laughs> yeah. However, we want to sit there and just go and pick certain scriptures that are going to, you know, make us feel better. And then we can walk out there. Yep. This is not, you know, the word is not something to be mocked. It's not something no. to be sit there and give you a good time and make you feel better about yourself or what you've been doing. No, it's to convict you. It's to love you and correct you. Yep. And, and yeah, girl, I feel you. And, um, we take, we take correction and conviction, especially from f- other brothers and sisters in Christ as judgment. Exactly. But how many times have you been be like, okay, I need to say this to you, but I say it out of love. And you're like, yeah, nah, fam. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. And here's the thing is like, if we are not open to correction, we are fools. That's what it says in like, like all through Proverbs. It says like, you're a fool if you detest correction. Right. And it's better to take a city, you know, than a fortified. It's better than take on a city that's fortified than to go like make it cool with your brother. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Yeah. So how many times have you corrected me? A couple. How many times have we been corrected by our, 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 our people at church? A couple. Yeah. Does it feel good? No. no. But, you know, it's because they're like, hey, you know what? Um, I see this uh, as a snare for you. I see this as a stumbling block for you. I see this as a trap from the enemy from you. Or do you, it's just a trap you've set yourself up in. Um, I don't want to see you go down like this. Like, let's look at how God sees you. Let's look at what he says in scripture, all this stuff. And it's beautiful. Um but, you know, I keep having this revelation brought to my mind. And um, when I was in Washington, Caleb and I went to, like, a young adult life group thing. Um, 
And I said this at the young adult life group and it was literally the Holy Spirit coming through because I'm not smart enough to, to like no one to say this. Um, but um, one more thing and then we'll get on to the family members part because we've um, avoided that or not avoided that. We keep getting sidetracked for the, for the sheep that keeps going astray or for the sheep that has gone astray. He will leave the 99 for the one. Absolutely mm. he will. And it is beautiful. I have been that one sheep that he went and got. Mm-hmm. I have also been the, uh, the, that sheep multiple times throughout my life. And with sheep, if you've ever spent enough time around sheep, they're stupid. <laughs> they are. <laughs> sheep are dumb. <laughs> and I keep seeing this one video that I saw on Facebook that it was like this, um, the shepherd was getting like this sheep out of a ditch and the sheep literally ran around like ran straight and then ran around and then like dove right back into the same ditch. And like the shepherd was like, are you kidding? But anyways, back in olden days, especially when they did not have like the fences and like all of that stuff yet. And they were like, you know, literally all that stuff. If a sheep kept going astray, that shepherd would break their legs because they're like, you know what? You just keep going away. I need to make sure that you do not keep going astray that you are going to get eaten by wolves you're going to be attacked you're going to be alone you're going to be cold I need to make sure that you stay safe so I need to break your legs and I am that sheep that the Lord had to break my legs and it is extremely painful but I am so ultimately glad that he did because those shepherds break the legs of those sheep in order to keep them safe and in order to keep them near us. And it's like, you know what? We keep thinking, oh, yeah, he'll just keep coming. I'll, you know, I'll be fine. I'll come back. I can do it my own. That's what I thought. And sometimes we need our legs broken in order to know who to stay by. Not only that, but it says all over the gospel, once again, my sheep know my voice. Amen. And so to add on to what you were saying about the, you know, the shepherd breaking that lamb's legs, no sheep legs, um, Mm. he would do it so that he can carry them Mm. on their shoulders Mm. so that they could hear his voice. Mm. So that way, when he said, come here or whatever, like little noise that they would make, they would go back and come back, Mm -hmm. you know? But we tend to think, oh, you know, we got time. I just heard I break you so I can carry you. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He breaks us so that he humbles us. No, 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 no. Yeah. He humbles us. Yeah. Gently. Yeah. So that we can gracefully go into that humble position. Yep. Or else he will humble us. And it sucks to be humbled. I would rather come to him humble than to be humbled. Right. There's like two types of humbling. There's the little humble, like, all right. We can, we can like do this. put a bandaid on it. You'll be all right. And then and there's humbled where you are face down <laughs> crying, asking why, you know, why, Yeah, <laughs> you know, why? Yeah. And people don't understand that, but he carried me after I was broken. Isn't that so beautiful? He carried me after I was broken and I thought it was, you know, me putting myself back together just, you know, through his word. No, he carried me through that because if it was not for him, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have been here. He carried me. So I have Keytree's Bible 
her old one. And um, there's been times where I've cried reading your Bible on the notes that you have, you know, plagued in this whole thing. It's so beautiful. Mm. And I could just, I see where it began mm. and then to where it has become, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's so beautiful to see those, there's many like little chapters that you've written and how you are so honest and vulnerable. Mm. I have prayers written in the, in the, on that Bible. I've read them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, once again, we just want to like, I, I know that this is going to hit somebody. That's why like the Lord's like, just keeps diverting the family stitch for some reason. Mm-hmm. <sighs> She's crying again. and I can't look at her cry because then I start crying I'm like a sympathy crier but dude the Lord's presence is so in this room right now I'm like actually hot right now I know it's like so beautiful you know I just want I just want you guys to know that God loves you so much because if he could if he could change me from this person that never showed emotions i think even when i first went to like the first women's meeting i was like what do you want mm-hmm. <laughs> you know to be shown the love and wherever you're at in 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 your walk if you're barely beginning if you're seasoned Continue to just continue just to walk with him. Mm. You know, in your difficult times, he's going to carry you. He'll nurse you. He'll provide. There's no greater love than his because he's so sympathetic. We find refuge in the shadow of his wings. Right? I get I got asked like what would be like the the word that I I think of whenever I think of him and I think I think of Rahab how she was redeemed from being like this I just read Joshua about Rahab last oh, night gosh in my Bible study with my brother about Rahab and how Christ came from a prostitute in the lineage that's why I love how he does not call, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call within somebody. I mean, I would have never thought in my whole life to be married to someone that is like, I love my husband. <laughs> he's, he's so silent. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like some like, you know, hoorah. Because, you know, Marines, yeah. we, we eat crowns together. <laughs> If you're a Marine, you know what she's talking you know. about. If you don't, just, 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 you know, let them it doesn't fly. <laughs> if it doesn't yeah. fly, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. No. But I never thought I would have had the friends I have that grew into sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it would have never crossed my mind, not even once. Yep. And to see how much he's redeemed me from being all those things and mm-hmm. how he's like called me to go out there and, truly like mm-hmm. reach the lost the broken hearted the abandoned yeah. and the afflicted me 
Well, and it's, I think the thing that's really beautiful about you, Jesselina, is just your heart for people Aww. and like your heart for like giving. Like I've never met a friend like like today. <laughs> she comes in like right before we record and she's like, hey, I bought you something. I saw it and I saw it and I thought of you, you know, or she'll like, she, she literally bought me like groceries. She's like, you need to put this in your freezer. Like you are the hands and feet of Jesus. Like you feed the people, you know, and I've never met somebody like that. And I'm like, Lord, this is my, this is the, my per, like my best friend. <laughs> like this is like, this is the person, you know, and it's just like, it's amazing. And it's, it's such, so beautiful because you can see like, I mean, like you had said, you were a, a, a drug dealer and that you were cold and that you were hard and all of that stuff. And now like, you're just like, a softy and you have like this heart for people and it you know just goes back to Ezekiel 36 26 well where it says I will take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and it and that's just like another beautiful testimony of what the Lord can do with somebody to take somebody's past and to take somebody who was hard and to turn them soft and malleable and somebody who's very generous and very loving and really has a heart for people because it says for, for those things that you do for the widows, for the orphans you have done for me. And that's just really, really beautiful. And, you know, we all have our, we all have our own gifts with certain things, you know? And so, but that like, I th honestly think like generosity is like one of your gifts. <laughs> Seriously. I give so much and it's, this goes back to Luke seven, you know, mm -hmm. for much she has been forgiven because much she loved. Um, one of our friend's husbands was in our life group and he mm -hmm. said, I never, remember you were there. Mm -hmm. I could never see you being so heartless. I'm like, you don't even know. I didn't care. I wanted my money and I wanted it on time. Because here's the thing, you know, how I was saying, you know, I could never picture you as like this person. Where it says in first Corinthians five seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. What is it where it says, um, for you are you know, the old has gone, the new has come, for you are a new creation in Christ. I'm looking it up. You're a completely new person in Christ if you let him. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's crazy. Like now I'm like, huh, how can I pray for you? You mm -hmm. know, I I contacted a family member. If you know, you know. Yeah. How can I pray for you? And as as much as it it pained me to ask her. Yeah, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Um, you know, I have to forgive her. Yeah. Let's go back to the gospel. What does it say? Forgive and you will be forgiven. Don't come over here trying to give me your offerings. Don't come over here trying to pray to me if you haven't forgiven your own. Mm -hmm. I don't want. For me. This is just me speaking right now. I'm so on fire. My passion for the Lord is so hard because there is a scene in this secular movie called Baby Boy where the guy's friend is like, we have to get saved. We have to get saved because I don't want to go to heaven and Jesus tell me, turn yourself around. Mm -hmm. And it was a, such a defining moment for me when I watched that. Yeah. You know, I was in, I was in juvenile hall because my dad got tired of coming to pick me up. Mm -hmm. when, was, when is the last time, Jaslina? This is the last time, I promise. 
a week later, I'm beating someone else up. Mm-hmm. Where I, I had that scripture read at church. Mm-hmm. I, I will give you a heart of flesh mm-hmm. and take away that stoned heart. Mm-hmm. I had great parents. My mom did what she did. But my dad was the greatest dad ever. Mm-hmm. But to see the love of Jesus, to see the love of God, mm-hmm. is so much more beautiful. Way more beautiful. It's like, I can't even imagine. Because it never ends. Right. I can't even imagine. And if he can turn your heart of stone and my heart of stone, because I was the same way, I didn't want to cry ever. I always yeah. had to, you know. If he can turn our heart of stone into a heart of flesh, he can do that for anyone else. Not us right here crying. Like, crying during a podcast. Not us crying at worship. Mm-hmm. Not oh, I will sob my eyes out now at worship. Dude, not us crying during a sermon. There was one time at church. Um, it was after GJ preached. Oh. And you literally felt the presence of the Holy Spirit just. Yeah. And we're talking like, yes, he is always there. But we're talking about the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit where your senses start tingling and you can sense it with your five senses. And. I was just chilling there, just thinking, and then I felt his presence. And then I cannot help it. I just cry. Yeah. Like, I'm silent, but I just have tears rolling down my face because that is such a, he is such a sweet presence. And it's such a sweet aroma. Mm-hmm. It's like this blanket. I don't know how you mm-hmm. feel, but I just feel like this blanket of, like, just this ubery goodness. I can't mm-hmm. even just, it's just yeah. like, ah. Uh, it is just like. It's like if a cloud came and wrapped itself around you. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's just beautiful. And like in Christ, we know that feeling and we know the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, I want everyone to feel that. I want everyone to experience that. Mm -hmm. And he gives us that freely. And so. I mean, I I have family members right now who have turned away. Don't start crying again. <laughs> Don't start crying again. You're going to kill me. Um, but the Lord is faithful, and he does not show favoritism towards one person or another. And so I have to rest in the fact that he holds the reins to the universe and that he holds the reins to every single person's life on this earth. He holds the reins to everything. And I have to settle in that knowledge that I only see maybe two things when he sees millions all at once. That's so beautiful. You know, trip out second corinthians 4 18 so we do not focus on what is seen mm. <laughs> <laughs> but we see what is unseen yeah. for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal that's so weird yeah. i literally just had my look down and there yeah, was there yeah. we go thank but god for glasses yeah. but it, it's it's true and like i just have felt 
it's on my spirit and on my heart. There is somebody out there, and I know it's a mom, but some other people out there too. But um, I know it's a, a mom or a guardian or a parent of some sort that is just um, grieving their child walking away. Um, and there's a lot of fear that comes with that. And it's like, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And, you know, not knowing, not having that, um, that confirmation that that person, you know, that that person is going to come back or come to Christ or whatnot. Um, and sometimes it feels like, I'm just going to say, because <laughs> like, if you're not, re- if you're not honest, you have to, um, sometimes it feels unfair. You know, it feels like, oh, you know, well, God, that's not fair of you. Or it's just, you know, or just, just a feeling of despair and being, being unfair. But one thing that really um, kind of like was brought to my attention when I was in my quiet time with the Lord this week, I've been reading through Mark. And um, Mark 15, uh, verses 33, it says, When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. This is when Christ was on the cross. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sebachthani, I believe I said that correct, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Um, and a lot of people are thinking that it was Jesus saying, God, why have you abandoned me? Oh, here's the thing that was very, very prominent in Hebrew culture back then and in Jewish culture back then. They did not have it, um, like mass produced as we do. They had it written down and, you know, the scriptures were in the synagogues. Um, but that is Psalm 22, one. And, but what they would do because their scriptures were not mass produced is they would memorize them. And it was it was very common that if somebody, you know, started a line of scripture, that the rest would start joining in and they would all recite it together. And Psalm 22, um, I'm going to read the entire thing, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation because I feel like it hits different sometimes. But I was reading it, and I was like, this is really good for encouragement for the people who um, feel like somebody has turned their back on God or they're alone. It says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so, so far away when I groan to you for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads saying, is this the one who relies on the Lord? And this is huge because as they were, as he, as they were probably going through this, um, they are literally, he's literally saying you are watching prophecy unfold. Because literally in the very, um, the very like little bit above, it's literally saying that he was mocked and that he was being scorned and they were shaking their heads at him. So 
It says, everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads saying, is this the one who relies on the Lord? And then it also says, you know, down later in Mark, it literally says, those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, ha, the one who had destroyed the temple rebuilt it in those days saying, save yourself, come down from the cross. And they were mocking him saying, he saved others but cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come from the cross that we can see and believe. So it's literally prophecy being unfilled, but it's also very, very prominent. Where it says, let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. O Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied, and all who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him, for royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship, bow before him, all who are mortal and all whose lives end as dust. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born, and they will hear about everything he has done. You have a couple of notes on here. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a lot of notes. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, It says here that in Matthew 27, 35 is when, like, they crucified him, and they, like, Mm -hmm. tore down his clothes and cast him for lots. Mm -hmm. You know, if this wasn't a, a... if this wasn't, like, the precursor of what was about to happen. Mm. You know, it, it really saddens me that people don't see it. Yeah. Everybody wants to claim that they're a Christian, but nobody wants to do the walk. They want God's will, but they don't want to walk in his ways. Yeah. But I love how, I mean, it, he said, you know, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? So immediately they all would have started thinking of that verse um, or that, that entire passage in Psalm. And like how many times in that passage of Psalms did it literally spell out what was happening to him on the cross? You know, where it says, you know, they've torn my clothes from me. They've pierced my hands and my feet. All of my shoulders are out of joint. 
um, his shoulders would 100% have been dislocated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's absolutely beautiful, but there, that one part, there's one part. So he suffered 39 lashes, right? Because mm-hmm. they would have, they said that 40 was enough to kill. Right. So if this is scientific fact again, mm-hmm. this is science, barely catching up with the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's 39 major diseases. Mm. I'm serious. I didn't know this. Keep going. I'm interested. There's 39 major diseases. And he literally took a lashing for every single one. Ooh. Because it is finished. You are healed. You are cleared. And yes, I know there's going to be many people out there, but what about the people that have AIDS, the people that have cancer, the people that have this and this and this and that? Let's go back to (laughs) what the Bible says. My grace is sufficient enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to discredit anyone's illness. Yep. Ever. That's not at all what I would ever do. Yep. However, there is a reason why. There's always a reason why. I mean, we struggle with infertility. It's it's no, you know, it's no hidden thing. I think that's like the one thing the church prays for me the most. Yeah. You know? But the Lord gave me a promise I was seeing like Hannah. Over my, you know, my uh, my adversary. Who's my adversary? The enemy. Yeah. Because even the doctors can tell you something. But what am I going to believe? What man says? What God says. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to remember that he has finished everything for us. Amen. We're going to go through it. And even if you might not be healed in this life, you will eventually be healed. Exactly. Because he is the great physician. Um, my hairdresser said something so funny during a Bible study. She's like, you know, the faster everybody messes it up, the faster we can go up there to heaven. And I'm like, mm, can you all just hurry up so we can go to heaven already? <laughs> God's like, nah, I said a race that you need to run before you. I've given you an assignment. You need to do this. But um, there is hope. Mm. Mm-hmm. David, who is a man after God's own heart, Um, who committed murder, committed adultery, committed sexual immorality, who was almost murdered by his own son. I mean, we can keep going. This was a man after God's own heart. So, um, you know, just a little, just a little thing like quit expecting perfection from your pastors. If David was like one of the greatest kings that Israel ever had, was a man after God's own heart, and he could do all of that. God can redeem anything. But Mm -hmm. Christ came from the line of David. Um, David had a heart for the Lord and wanted to serve him above all else, even though he was stupid. But um, how many times... Did David, as we read in Psalms, lament to the Lord, mm-hmm. cry out to the Lord, but then also in the same Psalm, praise the Lord at the same time. And I find that very, very beautiful because it just shows that God can handle all of our emotions. And so you can be mad at God. You're allowed to have anger. You're allowed to have confusion. You're allowed to question things. I'm sorry, you are. 
because he can handle it. And some people are like, oh, you can't say that about God because, you know, he's, he's, you're like, no. So if God created us in his image, our emotions are also his emotions. And so if we have anger, that means that is also from God. So if God gives us anger or gives us sadness or gives us all of this, then why would he not allow us to feel it if he was the one who gave it to us? Can we talk about real quick how people say that anxiety and, you know, getting stressed out is not of, of God? Mm. Like, let's just. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jesus is, a, is in the Garden of Gethsemane. I think that's how I said it. Right? Mm-hmm. He is stressed out. Absolutely. He is legitimately sweating blood. Yeah. Now, I pray that no one that ever listens to the po- this podcast or you or myself ever stressed out so much of, that we sweat blood. Mm-hmm. But he went through it. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, my gosh, but it's, you know, we're not allowed to have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes. It says in Matthew 6, 34, for do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow have its enough, has enough trouble of its own. Mm-hmm. However, he didn't speak on anxiety because it wasn't there. He spoke on anxiety because he was aware mm. that it was there. Yep. And I can't even repeat that because that's not even me. but we need please like let's not bash people for you know having anxiety anxiety is really a true thing i struggle with it i'm getting i mean i'm vulnerable a lot a lot on here Mm -hmm. i'm getting help because i haven't had time to grieve what has happened in my life and i've had a super traumatic accident where I lost a lung, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've had other things happen. And that comes with a lot of anxiety whenever I'm driving, Mm. you know, I have the worst anxiety when I drive. Really? I know. (laughs) Even though I'm driving with like one hand, I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Still there, you know, but Jesus went through that anxiety and it's, um, so that's a, a rare medical condition. I looked it up on Google. It's called hematohydrosis. Mm-hmm. And um, the causes of it are stress, strain, or any extreme sort of exertion. And so bloody sweat is called hematohydrosis. Um, and it occurs from suffering from extreme levels of stress. Extreme extreme levels of, st- of stress. I, I don't know anyone personally who has struggled with that extreme levels of stress, but that is what Christ was feeling. And so he knows, and he knows the anxiety that you feel mm-hmm. about your, about your life or about the, the person that you want to come to Christ or about your, your job or your relationship or your he finances. knows I know, your finances. The finances is a big one, you know, like he knows the stress that you have. And, and so he understands that feeling very well because I could never understand the stress and the strain that he was under in that moment, knowing what was going to happen to him and obeying God is not always fun. It's not something that we just always want to jump out at because it literally says as he was sweating blood, he said, Lord, if there is any other way, please let this cup pass from me. 
but not my will, but thy will be done. So he obeyed the Lord, not because he was excited about it, but because he knew ultimately that God's will had to prevail. So it says in um, Luke 22, 42, Father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will. I'm going to say that one more time. My will, your will, our will, everyone else's will. But yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him from being in anguish. He will strengthen you in your moment of I weakness. Just, I, just the, clar- the, the sheer clarity that came with that right now. I, I, I had the same thing. <laughs> we both had this look of like, oh. <sighs> yeah, you know, strengthened him. Which means that, yes, what I have laid before you is a big task. What I have given you to do is a big task. And I know that you are stressed about it and you have fear. I'm speaking prophetically into your life, Jesselina, right now. This is a, this is a spirit of prophecy right now. I know the assignment I have given you inf- inflicts fear into you but I will strengthen you to do the job I have called you to do. (laughs) Thank God for waterproof mascara. That was not me, girl. That was totally (laughs) So roundabout way, without giving away too much information, the Lord has given Jesselina a a large assignment and a terrifying assignment where it, It'll possibly put her life into danger, um, her husband's life into danger, um, and other people's lives around her into danger, um, just due to people from her past. We'll just yeah, be very vague this yeah. way. <laughs> um, and so her putting herself out there and obeying the Lord is terrifying. And so, yeah, when you read that verse about the angel, that wasn't for anyone else. That was for you, girl. I know. It was so... Um it hit. It was clarity at a whole different level, you know. Um. <clears throat> I just feel so freaking depressing. I know. <laughs> I want people to understand, you know, God loves you so much. And um, I, my, my prayer for everybody is that we stop unaliving ourselves to spiritual death Mm. you know leaving leaving our 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 flesh is never easy it's never it's not easy it's not something that we can just do because we are rattled with temptations all over, distractions all over, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, you know, everything else that we can get, jump ourselves on because we want those likes, we want those, you know, those views or, or whatever. But even if one person hears this, I need you to know from the bottom of my heart, I'm literally getting attacked. 
I need you to understand that your denial of Jesus, your denial of your of being set apart and sanctified will lead to you being spit out and being denied living in the eternal garden that you want to live in. It's going to drive you into something that you don't even know anymore. And I and I encourage people to read um, the 23 Minutes in Hell. It is such a scary book. It's made into a movie. It's made into a book. And I had to read it when I was um, when I was in seminary. And I was like, never again. <laughs> yep. I was like, yeah, no, no, no. Yep. I, I, I pray that people are ready and live in that. Stop denying who God is to your life. Stop denying your salvation because... Mm-hmm. You know, it's not good. Yeah. And if you're like one of the family members that is yearning for another family member to be saved, rest in the fact that he holds the reins. And for, um, for the person in my life who has turned away from God, I have gotten to the point where I've started praying the scary prayers, which include, Lord, do whatever it takes. And that's a terrifying prayer. But then at the end of the day, I say, Lord, if you don't do that, just do something better. I got that from Priscilla Shire. I I, I saw that where she said, you know, I've, I've gotten... She got into a habit of where she would like was just praying what she wanted. But then she started realizing not my will, but thy will be done. And so I'm just like, Lord, you know, just do do something better. But ultimately, I want your will and not mine. But I have to just rest in the fact that um, know that God loves them more than you do. They are God's before they are yours. And I know that's really, really hard, especially for parents to hear, for a mother to hear. But your children are not yours. They are on loan from God. You just get to steward them and manage them. They're on loan from God to you. But they are his before they are yours. And as much as you love them, he loves them infinitely more than you ever could. And he loves them with a love that is so pure that you have to rest in that fact and rest and have peace in that, that as much as you love them, he loves them more. And so as much as it grieves you that they've turned away, it grieves him infinitely more. But at the end of the day, they do have a choice. At the end of the day, it's up to them, not up to you. But prayer is powerful, and so speak prayer into that person's life, pray over them, speak, um, speak the blood of Jesus over them, speak the protection of Jesus over them. But I've had to start learning that I have to pray his will above my own. And it's hard because mine is my baby sister. She's crying again. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just going to title this the, the one where Jesslina cries. <laughs> yeah, let's write this down. Like, let's actually, like, you know, snapshot this moment. 
This is to the prodigal son and the wayward daughters. Oof. There's no brave child. <laughs> <laughs> There's no sin that you have committed that's far too great to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Amen. There's nothing that you have done or could do that you know God's going to say like nope, you good. You you've been cut off. The the idea or the thoughts in your head of I'm too far gone. Those are of the devil. Yeah. Um, I pray that you will find a stumbling block and that that stumbling block, whether it's jail, whether it's somebody, you know, calling you out on your stuff, whether it's you being at your absolute rock bottom and you have nothing, there's no resources, you've been cut off, you have done far too much, you have made too much of a mess, and you no longer have anything or anyone to lean on, you can't call the the friends, you can't call the ex, you can't call, you know, the side random, you can't call anybody, you can't even call your family, that you're at this moment of just desperation, how Paul was when he was on the Damascus road. That God, um, that God may find you exactly where you're at. And that you may have the scales peeled off from your eyes and the earmuffs ripped off and the yoke removed. <laughs> Well, while you were speaking that out, um, I was having, God was showing me something. Um, I was seeing three individuals, um, sinners, um, in like these robes, and they were skipping down a street labeled death. Mm. And they were laughing and giggling the whole way, arms linked. Um, and the one in the center tripped over a log that came up out of nowhere. And this person fell straight into the dirt, into the gravel, and then, um, started bleeding from their face. And the two individuals that they were skipping with continued on, didn't even look back, didn't even notice. But when that individual tripped and they started bleeding or whatever, um, they looked up and they saw a pair of sandals. Mm. And it was the feet of Jesus. And so sometimes our biggest stumbling blocks that we think put our face into the dirt and put our face into the grave actually put us at the feet of Jesus. When you were saying that, it, it kind of dawned on me that sometimes your own people... Be careful who you surround yourself with. Because your five are who you become. Yeah. But with that being said, um, Christ died for you. Yeah. Like on Good Friday, like he hung on that cross. And when he hung on that cross, 
He saw you. He said it is finished. And he willingly bled for you. So mothers, fathers, grandparents, sisters, mm-hmm. brothers, aunts, uncles, so on and so forth. I pray that no one gets offended because I didn't mention them. <laughs> <laughs> um, please do not grow weary in the prayer life. Mm. Surround yourself with prayer warriors that will pray for you, pray with you for that cause and believe and stand in agreement of that because they will come around. And you may not see it in your lifetime, but they will come. Stand in that faith. And with that being said, remember that Easter is not about the bunny. (laughs) Silly rabbit, Easter is for Jesus. Exactly. He died for us and you. Yeah. Um, I just want to pray. Yeah, really fast. Lord Jesus, we just come before you and we just lift up those hearts that are heavy um, and we just lift up those uh, those people that um, are wondering if they should choose you or not, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, and we pray for um, those family members who are grieving um, their their loved one turning from you, Lord. And we just thank you that you are, you are a God who never walks away from us and that if we so choose that you will always be exactly where we left you and that you will always welcome us back with open arms, Lord, and that you are always gracious and forgiving and loving. But yet you call us to be higher. You call us to go higher. You never want to keep us where we're at, but you always want us to take us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Mm-hmm. But Lord, I just pray that you will give peace over those who are grieving for their family members. Lord, I pray that you will bring clarity to those who are confused about who you are. Lord, I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus over the ears of those who are just being spoken lies into. I pray right now in Jesus' name that the enemy... Uh, the enemy's attacks and the enemy's lies are canceled in Jesus' name. Because I believe that there is somebody out there, Lord, that has believed the lies of those around them, believed the lies of the world, believed the lies of the enemy. And that is what's caused them to have confusion and fear. But Lord, I just pray that any lie spoken over them is broken right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you will continually strengthen those who are who are sweating blood and who are in fear of their assignment or in fear of what the future may bring for them, Lord. I pray that you will constantly bring them strength and peace and the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, I just plead your comfort, your comfort over those who need it. Lord, I plead your love over those who feel that they are unlovable. Lord, I plead your redemption over those who feel like they are too far gone because there is nothing impossible with you. You are a God that can speak anything into existence. There is nothing that you cannot do. There is nothing that you will not do. And there is no love greater than the love that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It was beautiful. All right, y'all. I hope you have a great Easter and a wonderful week. I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thanks, Jocelyn, for being here. Love you. Love you.